Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Jamie Kaiser. (laughs) I usually let the guest introduce themselves, but I'm going to screw with Jamie because he's to make sure he's not prepared for this. I'm totally not prepared for this. (laughs) But Jamie... um, for those who don't know, he is that cottage in my old logo. Is <laughs> that, that's actually a cottage? It's not one of my rental properties. It's Kaiser's Cottage, pre-reno. Would be when it was before we, well, mostly you, but before it all got fixed up. Um, Jamie does my all my logo work. He did this. He does the logos on my truck. He did my business cards. The professional photo of me sitting on the chair. This is the man behind the man. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it's a good yeah, intro. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You can tell yourself. Tell us about yourself as well. Uh, I know you, you do a whole bunch of other professional things. Yeah, well, yeah thanks. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I work in advertising. So that's the reason why this is natural for me doing all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, like yourself, uh, because I work in advertising, we don't have like a, like a normal traditional pension. We just have something we pay into. And so I figured we're going to have to do something to kind of like diversify my investments in the future in order to recover or in order to actually have a retirement plan. Yeah. The other thing I didn't add was Jamie is one of my best friends. So it's one of ah. the, the close circle uh, connections because in uh, the inner bubble. Yeah. When we uh, when we're all retired and living on an island, I need someone to go with me. Or possibly Florida. <laughs> or Florida. Yes. Yes. In Boca Raton. <laughs> yes, we were very close there. <laughs> we almost purchased a place in Boca Raton, but it's just the... Which is Jamie's dream. <laughs> yeah, it's the dream. And we have golf carts and we'd be driving around. It was actually on a golf course, which was amazing. But yeah. the golf fees themselves were like ridiculously high, so it wouldn't really work. Yeah, because I'd use it for like, you know, one round a year and i'd be in paying i don't even remember what the prices were like several thousand dollars i think it was seven thousand not several yeah. seven thousand yeah seven thousand dollars for a round of golf it would end up costing me so it seemed a little ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> so i we, we didn't go there um anyway we're way off track already but Perfect. uh yeah tangents <laughs> so we're gonna talk about a property that uh we bought renovated fixed some huge problems, a lot of things that would usually terrify most people. Um, I'll let Jamie, if you want to, I'll let you start with the story, and then I will cut you off throughout it. Yeah, please, yeah, because I'm going to probably go on a tangent. Um, yeah, so uh, this was my first property. Yeah. Um, so I, have, since I'm one of your drinking buddies and we hang out a lot, <laughs> I have heard many, many, many stories of all your investments and various ups and downs. And uh, I think while we were in the hot tub or one of our many hot tub drinking sessions. Yeah. Uh, but we both have hot tubs, by the way. That was yeah. another thing. We like to drink in each other's hot tubs. Yeah. Um, house you, party. Yeah, house party. Yeah, or house party on the hot tub. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't, I'm already off topic. Anyway, uh, so what no, we were anyway. doing, we were buying a property. I found a foreclosure. This property actually went out to my email list. Like everyone had the opportunity to get this, well, as people hear the story, they're going to first think it's a terrible idea. And by the end, they're going to realize it was an amazing sort of story. But we, we found this foreclosure. Um, 
I went back and forth with the bank negotiating the price. They'd already sold it, I think, three times before us for in the 80,000s. Um, but no one could close. It was one of those properties, all cash, uh, buying from Wells Fargo. And the problem was, well, Jamie, what was the problem we had? Oh, my God. So uh, the biggest problem was that the property line was wrong on the property. So our garage that in the property was half on the neighbor's property. And so that would scare a lot of people to death. Uh, oddly enough, though, uh, I was experienced with this. The, our cottage, what Glenn mentioned earlier, yeah. had the same problem, that our septic tank was on the neighbor's property. So I've already gone through this, and Glenn's experienced enough that it didn't scare him that uh, we went forward with this. Yeah. Now, it presented a whole bunch of other problems though, because once we went down the road, and I'm sure Glenn, you stop me anytime you want. Yeah. When we went down the road, uh, we had to buy this or either, either buy the land that the garage was on, or we had to tear down the garage. And it, it was a shame to tear down the two car garage. This is a massive garage. Yeah. It was a shame to tear it down. Uh, so we went down the path that we tried to buy it. So we also had that third option that you kept pitching that we would try and like, you know, all those shows oh. where they lift it up and move it. But it, it was, massive, it, though. yeah, oh, it was massive. Two cars deep, two cars wide, two stories. Like it's a house. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It was missing garage doors. So that was another thing that scared people away is that not only was it like on the neighbor's property, but also the doors were gone. And yeah. so it looked kind of run down. I mean, the bones were good. Everything's good. So far, it's doing great. Yeah. Well, it was also new. Like that was the garage edition was done like five years ago and they just oh. never finished it. That siding only had siding on half of it halfway up. It didn't have garage doors. The electrical was run to it, but hanging from the walls. Like it, it, had, just, it had a lot of problems. Yeah, it wasn't finished. Someone ran out of money. <laughs> it was very scary. Yeah. So as we went down to as we went to buy this piece of land, uh, we couldn't get a hold of the neighbors. And so we tried and tried and tried. And so eventually we got a hold of the wife, wife yeah. got a hold of the wife, and she said, I'm fine with this, but you have to find my husband. And we said, okay, where's your husband? He was in jail. <laughs> so we had to then hire a private investigator. Was this-, this No, 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 no. So at this point, at this point, we were, we were like, okay, we got our attorney involved. Let's draw some documents. Let's make some contact. Let's let's see. No, actually, no documents yet. Let's just make some contact and see if they're interested, right, to do oh, this. Yeah. And the wife was interested. Uh, and then when we went to the jail to see, well, somebody we hired somebody to go to the jail. <laughs> when they got to the jail, they let the guy go. <laughs> oh no, he, no, he was on bail. Yes, yes, he was on bail. And this is where it gets even better. So we then they said. So we, we know he's on bail, but I'm pretty sure he actually skipped bail then, and yeah. he was on the run for a while. Yeah. So we had a, we had a felon like, <laughs> hiding from the police that we were trying to contact to buy property from. Yes. <laughs> but we've already now closed on this property. Yes. yes. We, we own this property. Oh, we, we didn't even talk about the foreclosure process. Does it, well, let's, get, let's get through this part. This part is get, too good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so after... Wait, yeah, so after no, you we, go. Yeah. So he's on the run from the police. We're trying to find him as well as the police is trying to find him. And we managed... No, no, we could never find him until finally the police caught him. Then we could negotiate with him. And I think at that point you said, offer him whatever deal and a pack of smokes. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, you know, when in Rome. He's the deal with a pack of smoke. He's already in prison again. But so... to, to terrify people more, we've bought this property. We have now pretty much done... Are we done the renovation at this yeah, point? Yeah, the renovations were done. And we've been chasing this guy around the world because our intention was to flip the property, was what we were originally yes, thinking. Yes. Um, we... Uh, it's, so, yeah, I'm going to go on the way back to the tangent. We'll get some backstory now, and then we'll continue forward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we, we got the property for $50,000. We made an offer for fifty eight. They accepted it. When we closed, they got screwed up, and we closed at 50000 So we got a sweet deal on the property. We, we're now completely finished renovation at this point when we're trying to track this neighbor down to try and buy 200 feet by 20 feet off of him um, just because it's that big of a lot. And... <laughs> But now we're like, what do we do? It's been fully renovated and it's sitting there. And we've been just sitting there with a renovated property for months. And we're like, we, don't, we can't sell it because no one can get a mortgage on it. Nope. And I'm like, Jamie, what do you think about renting it? We could rent this out. Why not, right? Which, which actually, I, I really like the idea because like, the dream now for me is to own like 10 to 20 homes, yep. like a perfect burr, and yep. just take income every month, income every month. And so, yeah, like I was, I was game for that. The only problem I had with it was that we had a brand new house in essence that's been completely refurbished, <laughs> and now we're going to rent it to someone who may trash it. Yes. But knock on wood, it's they haven't. They've been they've been great tenants. Yeah. So we talked to Julie, who's on one of the other shows from Rocket City Property Management. She's like, we can rent this, but it's going to take a long time because mm -hmm. it's out in the country. There's very few people that want to rent a property. I don't know. What are, I mean, two acres? What is it? Two acres? Something it's, like? it's close to two acres, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot, very few tenants that want to rent that. But people who do want that, once they find it, they'll stay forever. So <laughs> anyway, we decide to start renting it. It takes us about, about a little over 30 days to find a tenant. And, yeah, say, yeah, about a month. Yeah, it was about a month. Yeah, get the tenant in. As soon as we get the tenant in, the guy ends up in jail again. <laughs> They got him. They got him. <laughs> yeah. So we go, we offer the wife $1,000 to buy that part of the land, and we offer the guy $1,000, so $2,000 in total to buy the land. She goes for it. He doesn't. Oh, yeah. So we, we have to go back, and we're like, well, what does he want? He wants $2,000. He's playing hardball. Yeah. So we're like, fine. And then the wife wants 2000 So four thousand dollars to solve our problem uh it ended up costing six thousand in total for surveys attorney um the dude to go track this guy down uh <laughs> the private attorney <laughs> the private attorney smokes yeah the visits to the jail the, the attorney going to the jail to actually get the paperwork signed as well um but anyway we got the whole thing done we got it rented um so we were renting it for 9.95 and mm -hmm. we've rented it now for about a year, right? About a year, yeah. Yeah, right, right about a year now. And so we had it at a, like, it was going pretty good. Like, we've, we'd solved the problems of that, that, that property. And now we were just really actually enjoying the, the huge cash flow because we yeah. were owning the property in cash. There was no mortgage on this. And so COVID happened. We were starting, uh, we got a bunch of loans in February. Uh, and they all got voided in March. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it, you know what? It actually worked out to our favor, but at the time, it was another disaster to add to this story. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I mean, like you said, like we don't, we, we, we buy problems and we fix them. Yep. And it, it's just been problem after problem. I mean, if this was me on my own, I would have, I would have been sunk by now. Luckily, I mean, I've got you to be guiding me through this, but wow. Like it's definitely trial by fire. Like so <laughs> many problems that have come up. Yeah. And now the, thing, the easy parts, like I thought, you know, securing a mortgage on this would have been, you know, a relatively straightforward process. Like I've done a couple mortgages. I only yep. have a couple mortgages yep. and the amount of hoops we've gone through and crazy things we've gone through just for the mortgage. Yeah. So we, we got a bunch of approvals and then stuff would fall apart and yep. people would offer us really good terms and then they would fall apart. Um, but this is COVID lending, right? It's still, we're in what month is it now? September. And yes. it's still kind of, it's post COVID in the States, but uh, they still haven't got all the programs open the way they did. But we anyway, we went and got uh, a lender and the terms they had were reasonable that I thought that they'd be able to produce and actually complete the loan, which is good. So we went with them. We got the appraisal done. Um, our original numbers for the property was we were buying this property for 50000 putting twenty five into it, and then we were hoping for an ARV of 120 What do we get our appraisal for, Jamie? I can't remember. You put me on the spot. <laughs> you sent me the numbers again, and I'm like, "Oh, great!" And then I didn't bring them up. <laughs> so we got an appraisal for 160, which sounds like a complete home run. The problem is, I was so happy when that happened. I remember I was having like a kind of like a, you know, a COVID type day. I'm like, "That's not great." You called me up, and I'm like, "Holy! Like, what happened? This is the best day ever." I was going to buy a giant boat. <laughs> we were, it was just we were champagne bottles were gonna pop oh yeah the appraiser but, told us if we uh changed it to granite countertops yep. some fancy fixtures some new uh vanities instead of fixing up what we had that we could get a 192 based on the comps in the neighborhood the, like the, the neighborhood appreciated in value while we were renovating and while we were trying to track this guy down it was like avoiding the law yeah the problem is when you get a really high appraisal and then you try and put a mortgage based on a really high appraisal instead of the 120 we were hoping for, now our mortgage is much more expensive than we'd planned for. And we're like, okay, now does this even make sense to do because the property is only going to cash flow, I think it was like $250 a month. And we're like, it's not terrible, but is that going to change our life? it probably makes more sense to sell it for 160000 Yeah. And we're also coming up to lease renewal in September. <laughs> and the state of Alabama, you can change the um, rent amount, whatever you want, on renewals. You can't do it midterm like you can in Missouri. You, you have to do it on renewals. So <laughs> I'm like, I want to make this. I'm like, let's, let's get a win-win deal. <laughs> And so for us, not for the tenant. No. <laughs> so I said, okay, talked up, called the property manager. Can do you think we could raise this a hundred dollars a month? And she says, you could raise it two hundred dollars a month because the area is so hot right now. Also, there was a backstory. Like we we had it listed higher before, but without the, the garage being completed, a bunch of other problems, we we lowered the cost. We weren't just being you know profiteering. <laughs> yes, that's worth. true. We did have it originally listed a year ago for eleven hundred, yeah, yeah. and then we moved it down to nine ninety five to get somebody in there. But now we so we 
pushed it back. We're like, okay, the new rent in October will be uh, $1,200. And <laughs> which is a hard, you know, if anyone's doing the math in their head, that's a 20% raise. <laughs> so we're going from 995 to 1200. So there's two things that are going to happen. The tenants either going to leave, then we can sell the property for 160 or higher, right? We'll probably do some extra renovation and go higher. Yeah, the granite countertops. And yeah. Like that. Oh yeah. And so we could do that and it, they leave or they stay and we make it into something that's cash flowing like 450 a month, which is more sexy. That's a sexier oh, number. Very sexy. So the, uh, the tenant took the, uh, they took the $1,200 raise. So then now that we ha- know we have a tenant that's going to stay and pay high rent, this is the time that now I feel comfortable to secure the, the mortgage on the property. So we go through the hoops and hurdles this lender is, we won't name names, but they, <laughs> they've, they've been very difficult. They've been oh making us wanting to certify our ID at the U.S. consulate. They've been asking us to certify every signature. They want over-the-moon craziness of, of different. While at the same time, slipping in different numbers every time. Oh. Every... So once you agree on something like not forming on paper, when they actually send it over, it's a little higher, always in their favor. Yeah, and it was like it was like typos almost. Like it was like first we were like, "What's the interest rate?" Oh, it's six point three eight, and then we get our paperwork. It's six point eight three. We're like, "Hmm, well, fix that." And yeah, it was one thing after another. And then the origination fee, it was three percent, and it was two and a quarter, and it was like we we couldn't it, we couldn't get straight numbers from them. But anyway, we've been juggling with this lender for like a month to try and figure it out. And by the end of it, they finally changed their tune on everything because we were originally looking at a 60% loan to value. We were going to go down to a lower loan to value, which sounds crazy to most people, but we could get a much better interest rate by going to a low loan to value. And long term, that's that's much better for us. Yeah. So anyway, they finally, actually, I was going to hold it up and people would, would have saw the lending name. <laughs> But anyway, I have a a new uh, refinance paperwork from them. They've changed everything on the newest revision. They've moved us up to 70% loan to value, 6.33%. We're still fighting over the origination fee, which I don't think we're going to win. But yeah, we got uh, everything in. We we finally got what we're looking for, except for the origination fee. (laughs) So... 70 loan to value is pretty good. Oh, it's very good. I... I have several mortgages. Oh, we won't get that. (laughs) I I have several mortgages in the United States and I've never got higher than 65. I have a whole pile of them at 65 and I've never got higher. So this, this works out really well. So people go, okay, so now we're going to do a refinance, right? Um, On this property, based on these numbers with 70% loan to value, we're going to get handed, uh, $30,000 $30,000 at least, 30 to 37 depending on fees, tax-free uh, from this. And a couple people go, oh, you only made 30000 No. What's the house? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we also, like, you think about it, what we did, we put seventy-five in, and we have a, we've created a lot of equity, right? So now the place is worth at least one sixty, and we also can pull out money tax-free. So... We can go do another project, which we did. 
<laughs> we already have. We yeah. Jumped the gun. Yeah. So, we, yeah. So luckily, I, Glenn and I are both lucky enough that we, I pulled out from my um, home equity line of credit. Yeah. Uh, because I own a place in, I own a place in Toronto and I was lucky enough to be able to use that money, like the appreciated value in Toronto to, to fund this. So now we did the same thing for the second one. Yep. Yep. Which are we going to get into that today? Or is that another, is that another podcast? No, like we're, that deserves its own. No, it deserves its own. We, we have oh a, God. we have, we, we have interesting things, not bad stuff like this one. So we'll, we'll come back in like another month and do one because I'm actually not going to air this episode probably for a week or two. So by the time this airs, we'll actually have the other project probably listed on the MLS. So yeah. Well, so we're we'll probably find any other interesting things. Yeah, but they're they're moving along now. We've got like everything's done. So anyway, we could probably schedule another one and do it in another few weeks after that. But um, that's basically our story. Um, I don't know if this is if it, this is the most uh, conversation of a podcast rather than an interview that I've ever done. I have really nothing to offer except my experiences here as a first time as first time investor. Yeah. <laughs> but wow, what a ride! I mean, yeah. I could only imagine if I was doing this on my own, I, I, I would lose, I would lose my shit on a daily basis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's many a... things went like bizarrely awry and just like, like fighting for a mortgage, just seems ridiculous, but here we are. Yeah. And, and like, if you're thinking about this, right, like from uh, if someone else is looking at this and going, oh, wow, I was an, an amazing thing. Like how many of these would you need to do a year to really change your life? I'm not asking you the question, but like mm-hmm. out to everybody, like, you know, we, we technically took 75 and turned it into 160 and ours because of COVID ended up being a, a one year project, but Still, it, yeah, good. yeah. So we doubled our money in a year, yeah. more than doubled our money. Um, and where else can you do that when in real estate? <laughs> It'd be a hard, maybe some of your weed stocks when we were buying, well, when that, yeah, when that first took off at the start. Well, but, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I've got like a three pronged approach for like my retirement now. And like one of them is like paying into my traditional like pension plan, which yeah. I mean, you're never going to go, you're never going to get rich doing that. Uh, second was that I have a, I've got a fair amount of investments in like weed stocks and various other stocks now. And yeah. my third is real estate. And yeah, I did well. That was actually, the, that's actually what got me originally excited is that uh, weed stocks did very well. And yeah. then I was going to take all that money out. And we, I've never quite figured out how to do that because it's all locked into an RSP. Hmm. Um, did you ever do a podcast on that? No. Well, you, it seems like you're going you're to pay fees to pull it out of an RSP. Yeah. It seems really hard, but I was going to lend the money out. Yeah. And then use that money for, to, for properties. But I decided it's better to actually diversify a little bit and then have like three different places. Also, it kept, I wasn't quite as nervous. I, didn't, I don't have all my eggs in one basket worrying about the guy that's running away from the cops. Yeah. I knew that, you know, I have two other places to fall back on so I could be a little more aggressive with our, with our investments, which we have been. <laughs> yes. But at the same time, if, if this didn't go the same way, right, let's look at more of like worst case scenario, the neighbor wouldn't sell us the land, say, right? We, we could have tore that garage down, but I don't think with that huge garage, which is as big as the house, like tearing that down, I think we would have lost out on some of the value. Um, some of the value, but I think we still would have been ahead. We would have been in the pluses. Oh, we still would have been in the pluses, but I don't think it would have appraised for 160. No. I think, no. yeah, I think that that garage, because it's new, it's, and especially now that we've done new siding, new electrical, new doors, it's it's a sexy building, right? With a that second party floor on it, like it's it's a sexy building. I would be a little scared knowing that there's like a, 
like a convict on the run that may potentially stop by once in a while for sugar. But I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, he he seemed to not want to have anything to do with his wife, which was next door. So yeah. maybe so it, it, it also be, <laughs> they also could be great people for all we know. Yeah, like they yeah. definitely play. They, they once we once we got a hold of them, very yeah. agreeable. Yeah, they made us a deal, and yeah. we were happy. We budgeted ten grand, and we spent about six uh, to Some, fix that issue. So it was good. Some things that threw me for a loop, though. Um, one is like transferring money. That one, that one blew me away. Is like a first, like first time investor taking my Canadian money in my Canadian bank and trying to transfer it like via wire or anything else. Anything else was a nightmare. Uh, yeah. First off, they always take a little bit off. Like when you send something, you send ten thousand dollars. It shows up. Nine thousand nine hundred something. Yeah, yeah. ten boxes magically disappears. It just disappears. I mean, and there's some kind of fee that's tacked on somewhere that you don't see. So, in fact, that happened with, like with, with the current property too. So we transferred. I transferred what I thought was the right amount, deducting the wire transfer fee and everything else, and still it was a little bit short. Yeah, like five or ten bucks. Yeah, somewhere just like a couple boxes disappears. Also, yep. uh, I don't know if we mentioned before, but Knightsbridge has been amazing. Yep. Like nope. they solve so many of my problems. It's like things like, oh, well, we can't, I can't remember what it was, but we couldn't transfer money from one account. It was, I think it was RBC that was giving us a runaround. Yeah, we were having, well, we used to do everything at RBC. So yeah. we were banking Canada and RBC and we had RBC Georgia in the States. And technically we could just go from Canadian to uh, U.S. account at RBC Canada and then transfer to our RBC account in the States, which is pretty seamless, but riddled with fees to yeah. for that oh, first and, that first yeah. transfer yeah Ridical fees and their exchange rate is terrible so it's a double whammy you're losing a lot of money by doing that and also we couldn't quite i couldn't get the money from my canadian account to whatever american account easily there was some kind of like really big disconnect there and it was going to take like a week or two yeah because it's because rbc in the states isn't a real bank they're mm -hmm. a subsidiary of chase and so the money would flow to chase and then over to rbc and if yeah. they didn't put the intermediary ink in we'll either send the money back or it'll just get lost in the ether for a week and then it'll show up in the right spot i think that was the stressful part because you're trying to close something and you you give yourself like lead time and they take even more than you expect so yeah. give yourself even more lead time but then knightsbridge turned around and wound up transferring the money i can't remember how they did it but pretty much i just talked to a guy and they figured out whatever that transfer issue was I'm sure end. they've done it before. They've done it before. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's just nice having, knowing somebody knows what they're doing yeah. <laughs> much more than I am. But we, we've switched now. We now bank yeah. at a, a bank, a local bank in Alabama. Um, and the purpose is to uh, build uh, our connection with them yeah. so that Those someday, credit. yeah, credit, so that someday we could uh, get mortgages with them, ideally. Uh, yeah. Right now they require a social security number, which neither of us have, but... Someday yeah. I might finish my E2 visa application and uh, we'll, we'll get that all done. But anyway. Yeah, currently, yeah, like I, I got no complaints. And I feel a lot more secure knowing I've got like a good team working down there on stuff. And if something does go wrong, uh, for instance, uh, I, I know we were talking once and uh, it wasn't the hurricane that came through, but a, a tropical storm came through that area. Yes. And you accidentally, we were talking and you said, oh, by the way, I think our roof's got, or our roof's been ripped off. <laughs> and I just, I can't remember what I was doing, but I like, I had to put down my coffee and I'm like, okay, we, we got to deal with it. The roof has been ripped off of our, of our place. But uh, turns out it was just a couple shingles and it was actually your other property. So I dodged yeah. that bullet. You didn't. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> our, our property, we had uh, $550 worth of shingles that 
got ripped off the house. Um, this is one thing people forget when they're starting investing in the southern states that they get like hurricanes and tropical storms and they're not even like close they're not even close to the ocean but still I mean it's close enough that a tropical storm or a hurricane can definitely affect them yeah so we, we got off pretty easy 550 bucks whereas my other rental property in North Huntsville which is out both of them one's in South Huntsville this is in Lacey Springs just south of Huntsville and uh, the other one is north of Huntsville, still in Huntsville um, zip, but it got $15,000 worth of damage done to it. All the shingles, all the roofing, just destroyed. And it was a huge roof, a bungalow, a 2,000 square foot bungalow. So it's so much roof. <laughs> so it just destroyed it all. So, but that's what insurance is for. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Jamie, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do so? Eh, go through you. I don't think anyone needs, aside from some weird stories, no one needs to get really a hold of me. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not even like if you're going to go and ask him for a reference about how it works with working with me, we just, you just heard it. <laughs> so yeah, not, heard it. This, this is how yeah. it goes. We have a conversation. Actually, during COVID, it's been like almost every other day we have a chat about something. Yeah, well, there's there, a lot of it's because we're doing refis right now, so we're yeah. we're it's a lot of updates. The lenders keep changing things on us every day. Um, refis, possible leads, also possible drinking times. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to keep our distance because you're in Toronto. <laughs> you guys have way more COVID than us out in Cambridge. Oh yeah, we're 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 just flaring up right now. Yeah, yeah hopefully. I mean, I have nothing really to offer aside from entertainment. So hopefully it was entertaining. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Jamie. All right. See you later.